Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your host, John Scardina. I am so excited for this episode because my long-term friend in emergency response and planning, Heidi Hessler, the CEO of Futurity IT, is going to be joining us today. She and I kind of have a, a nice long history now. We've worked on a lot of different projects together, different clients for Doberman, her clients. We've talked about what technology can do for response as per the title of this episode. And so we really just want to talk about that to help the field understand what technologies can do for you through different case studies with Heidi. Heidi, welcome to the show. Hey, John. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, you know, just like the, that kind of that history. We, like I mentioned, so I'm just going to do a, a very brief Kashaya Band of Pomo Indians in California, mm -hmm. University of New York, or rather the State University of New York, Albany. It's on the yeah. opposite side of the country. You've been working with Alabama. You've been working with, you know, all these different uh, localities all over the United States right. for several years now. And I've gotten to be luckily involved in some of that. Just really impressed with what you're doing. Can you tell us first your kind of story and like why this matters to you? Like why technology? Why technology for emergency management? Well, absolutely, John. Um, you know, we are in now 30 states, including the state of Oregon. And um, I've been with Futurity since 2012. In mm -hmm. 2014, I became the CEO. And that was quite a story in of itself. Um, we we started our original founder was um, really interested in streamlining that process between, you know, the pen and paper, the damage assessments that needed to happen and how that was a very delayed process. He did his dissertation on that topic. Um, he created the software around solving that problem and um, he began to launch the product um, 2011, 2012. We, uh, we hit the ground running. Um, together and I was the sales manager at that time and um, got a call suddenly from his son that he had passed away and it was a big shock. He was a good friend of mine, um, you know, and I had a decision to make at that point and I made the decision to keep the company going and I'm, I'm really happy that 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 we did because ultimately, you know, now we're serving a lot of folks in, in EM and um, you know, it, it's it's been a long road, a lot of life lessons and a, and a big journey. But I think one thing that is important to me is I remember my husband telling me during that time, you know, whatever you do, make sure you're able to look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of who you are every morning. I think uh, our customers teach us that also all the emergency managers, um, you know, that we work with. I, I just call them salt of the earth people because they're real. They deal with real disaster, you know issues that most people can't even imagine um, dealing with. And so it's important to me to, to really provide them with software that is easy for them to use. They can pick it up with very little training and, you know, go walk out the door and deal with it, that whatever is out that door waiting for them, you know, knowing they have a solid foundation um, in our software that they can rely on. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to question that. And we've been around so long and, and have been utilized in so many disasters that, um, you know, it's, it's something I, I feel completely, you know, excited and proud to offer them. I know it's solid. And so I just want to, you know, as, as we continued on our journey, it's my goal to really provide uh, more tools for them. And, and so that's, that's really where I sit. 
Um, our software is used in both blue and gray sky days. And um, it's something that, you know, I think, I think the biggest privilege I have is working with emergency managers every day and those that serve, you know, in that role. And so, yeah, that's, that's who I am. That's our company in a nutshell. And yeah, I'm just excited to be here, John. I think that's, uh, you know, that, that legacy story that you're sharing and you shared it with me obviously before. And, um, it, it was impressive to think like beyond business, do you want to carry on this legacy of what somebody passionately believed in and, and helping out emergency managers? Mm -hmm. I will say that as you were talking about, um, the people who have to think about disasters every day and, and the impacts of those and the cascading impacts. Um, a, a little quip from um, my good friend, Dan Scott, who was on this podcast before. Mm -hmm. he, shared a, he shared a meme that said, um, even fire police and EMS need a hero. And I love that. I, you know, it's just like a funny little thing. But yeah. at the same time, it, if we are going to be impactful in our field, we need emergency managers are all about coordination. Mm -hmm. And that coordination piece, when it's done on pen and paper, I have been at those disasters where somebody hands me a list of 200 addresses that they hand wrote out that they did drive by analysis yeah. of yeah. Like what they thought that. And it just it was like, this is the worst. Like, I can't use it. Like, how am I supposed to go to Congress to prove that? Like, yes, this was the damage assessment. But to actually see that on a map and to to capture that data and even in the blue sky stuff and plan for future events and looking at historical events captured through that, mm -hmm. it, it makes us more effective in that strategic approach of, of coordination. And that's really where I became a huge fan of not just your software. I don't want this to be a sales pitch, of course, but of what you're sure. doing and the idea of what you're doing. Um, and of course, carrying on that legacy, you know, in your own right, um, you should be very proud of, uh, of what you've done and what you're doing. Um, and I'm proud that, you know, we've been able to work together in the past because, and hopefully in the future, because I, I see those impacts down the road as well. And so just, uh, literally hats off to you if you're watching the video. But. Oh, thanks, John. I mean, honestly, I have to say, um, one of the key pieces and, and probably, um, most people who, who try to, you know, do something bigger than themselves would say it's the team around you that really, um, it's, it's a team effort and um, we have a great team. I know a lot of our customers talk about our, our, you know, our, our, one of our main customers success people, Andre Radler, and, you know, they, we, we just, we, I, we have, we have people who really care. We've, I'm surrounded with people that really care about our customers and that's the feedback that we get. And I think, I think we all should probably <laughs> live that way. You know, surround yourself with people that are dedicated, loyal, and uh, ready to serve. Real quick, we're going to pause for this week's Disaster Tough endorsements. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today. The L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue, and collapse and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio at l3harris.com right now. The Readiness Lab is trailblazing disaster readiness. Early access for the highly anticipated course, Emergency Management Response for Dynamic Populations is currently live. 
Think you have what it takes? Join us in Atlanta for an immersive experience. Space is limited to 40. Go to the readinesslab.com forward slash training to learn more. Okay, let's jump back in. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's uh that's like a let's see a banner somewhere, a bumper sticker. Um, I try to come up with slogans for you, John. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean you can be our we, we need a we need a uh a social media person. So on top of being the CEO of a, a pretty successful company, you can do social media for us. But, right. Right. Um let's talk about some of the case studies because I'm like I said, we've worked together on a few different projects. One of the ones that I, I did mention several of them, and I'm all, proud of all of them, honestly. But I thought it was amazing that uh, I, I reached out to you guys and said, hey, State University of New York, Albany, they're trying to do some, some stuff with uh, pandemic. They're really focused on technologies. Would you be able to do a case study with their students and essentially mm-hmm. volunteer your time and your resources, which honestly like it is huge because it is expensive to run a business and to, to produce this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew that was a, a financial hit for you guys and yet you still did it. And, um, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I think that just, again, speaks to, to who you are and who you are as a company, but in terms of that case study, now I'm going to let the cat out of the bag and you can maybe share some more details behind it. But I responded to hurricane Matthew in Florida Mm-hmm. And when I re- just a, a little background here, we deployed to FEMA Region Four in Atlanta. We were supposed to go to South Carolina and essentially became storm chasers when there was a shift and it looked like it was going to hit Florida. And so mm-hmm. we changed directions and we beelined it to Florida. And then for those who followed Hurricane Matthew, major impacts, not so much in Florida, it did hit the coast. It's, uh, it kind of skipped over the coast, but it uh, it really him- impacted south and north carolina right and i believe that's the case study that uh the students worked on with suny so can you talk about that case study yeah. you know stuff? that was that's, that was actually really fun um i i'm a big believer in technology and so it was great to expose you know folks who are going into the field to our technology and and uh, what we offer and also really take you know a, a real life case study they, they we definitely white whitewashed whatever the name of it was they didn't know what the name was but they yeah. had to anticipate and um you know say how they would have responded to this event and um it was it was exciting because it gave them the opportunity to you know put themselves in the shoes of you know where they're going an emergency manager and see the details and facts that that those that actually actually responded to Matthew had in front of them. And, you know, and so it was, it was more than a case study. It was really, you know, they were walking through that process of responding and, and trying to figure out how they would have responded as if they were, you know, there on the scene. And so they used our technology and they saw, you know, where, where it ultimately landed on our mapping. And um, part of what we offer is mobile and so I think that's a big step forward for, for the field um, to be able to report straight from the field instead of a phone call. Things are so scrambled and you're dealing with shelters and so many different factors that I think being able to you know, put those key elements in, send them off. It's not a phone call. It's automatically received at the EOC. And, and so they, they really um, they took hold of that. And it was a pretty big um it was a pretty big um, class. It was, I think it was about 30 people who were in, it was international. And so um, it was really exciting. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Like um, I, one of the things that we've been addressing 
or at least I've been attacking on online is the lack of standardization and immersive training. Right. Now, uh, there's a, a big feather in our cap where we're actually addressing that, finding solutions. We're doing some, uh, we're doing a, a, a certification on dynamic populations in the first week of August. And then we're doing mm -hmm. a management response technologies in October, which I believe that you're going to be at. Mm -hmm. But in, in terms of students, like, college students actually able to hypothetically walk through a scenario yeah. and whitewashing the name and so they're able to just kind of step back for a second and say how would i do this yeah without being constrained by maybe the historical data that's a, what that's what they need and um the more the more we can do that for people the, the better they'll, they'll be prepared for uh events in the future and quite frankly, it'd be like my greatest hope to see the emergency manager of the future have an expectation of technology. People are always so afraid of technology. This is one of the mm -hmm. things I hear about EM is like, mm -hmm. well, what if all the lights go out and we have to go back to paper? Do you know right. how hard it is to learn how to do paper? It's not hard to learn to do paper. It's right. hard to learn to do technology. And so anybody can revert. Like if I, if all cars in the world stopped, we would learn how to ride horses again. Like we don't need to worry about that right now. Well, we need to worry about being most efficient for what we have and technology makes that possible. Um, so we should embrace it where we can. Right. Yeah, I agree, John. I mean, I think one key aspect of technology is that it does have to be extremely easy to use. I mean, our technology has been used by 70 year old cert team, um, <laughs> members who just, you know, they, they, I love cert teams. They're, you know, they love to go out and do the exercises and, you know, prepare, and it has to be able to be used at for any level, I think, to be successful. Um, but kind of back to your point on um, standardization, I think one thing that's missing and what I'm a big advocate for is mentorship within um, different, you know, I think that that's something that people who've been through a lot of things like you and I, it's important that we remember that that's also our role to give back and be a mentor um, to people in the generations coming up. And in that, you know, in that way, I, we did a, an internship program through UC Davis and we had about you know, 10 interns who participate in learning about business. And it's something that I think all, all people who are in a leadership role should, should carve out part of their time to, you know, give back in that way and, and ensure that, you know, the next generation has that training and you really cannot replace that. I think you can't, it's, it's book learning versus, you know, people who have experiences and, and can talk about, you know, what, what things actually look like. And I think that's missing. I don't think we take the time anymore. Um, and so, yeah, just wanted to mention that. And I think that's something that you're also, it's a priority to you as well. So. Yeah, of course. Like part of the podcast is to educate people and to, to help have those conversations, both with SMEs on this podcast, mm -hmm. but also for, for people to think we had, um, we had a, um, a fan of the show. That's what you want to call them. Uh, reach out to us just the other day and said, Hey, I, I listened to Erica Borderman's episode four times in a row. Yeah. And so yeah, like, I love your podcast. They, you know, yeah. you, just different perspectives. That's another yeah. thing I try to teach my kids. Oh, you know, your perspective is one thing, but you, you know, you can't ever really walk in the shoes of somebody else. Uh, and it really helps to hear their voice and their perspective on a situation or on a topic. And so I think I love your podcast for that reason, John. So that's a that's a nice little clip again. You should be my social media. Partner. 
Uh, if everybody felt that way, that'd be great. Um, yeah. No, I, it doesn't really speak to so much to. You're talking about being surrounded by a team, mm -hmm. and I feel like every time we bring on a new guest, a new perspective, like that mm -hmm. team of people who want to give back and want to help and want mm -hmm. to do it for the right reasons, mm -hmm. that not only expands within our own circle, but we we spend a lot of time in house making sure that we have the right people coming on the show. Mm -hmm. um, I will say you're talking about future generations and mentorship mm -hmm. on my bio for public speaking. Cause I, you know, I get asked to do a couple different conferences and sure. I'm speaking at the USAR conference uh, this um, week. So excited for that, but I keep on saying 10 years. I've been in, the, in this for about 10 years and uh, I just had a birthday and I was thinking birthday. about that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, let's see like that. You um, shave for the birthday, John? Is that for the birthday? I really am old enough where I don't have to have a beard to. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. No. 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 I was thinking about that, and they asked for my updated bio from the conference. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, right. I haven't like I'm been doing this now for 16 years." Mm -hmm. And like, oh shoot, and like, right. I, like this like thing of like, oh, like I've been in this for a little while now, enough where people who pretty soon here next couple years graduating high school and getting into their own em programs mm -hmm. that's my career is their entire lifetime and so i was like oh man that's um that's something to think about and um i i want them to avoid maybe some of the mistakes i made but mm -hmm. also attack faster the lessons learned that i've gained yeah hoping that they'll propel beyond me like that's like that's the real goal here is that like keep on pushing the field to be more and more efficient I this whole thing of disaster tough is like I don't want to have a disaster. If they can figure out how to not have disasters, fantastic. That's that's, yeah, the, that's the real goal here. So, great. anyways, uh, tooting our own horns here long enough. Let's talk about some of the other case studies that you've worked on. Specifically, I'm going to call this out Alabama. You guys mm -hmm. are all over Alabama. You're, you you mentioned the state of Oregon, but in Alabama, they've had uh, a, a few case studies now with different hurricanes. The uh -huh. whole state's using it again, uh, without going to too much of the sales pitch side, right? right. Use the technology. How, how has it helped technology in Alabama? You know, I think it's interesting because you know, what I always tell our, our team is you know, software, software as a service, emphasize emphasis on service because you know, you can have, you can have technology, but you need to be able to. to you know, be trained um, on that technology. You need to be able to reach out um, for help, and those are the those are sort of that's the foundation of of most of our rollouts of software. Now, Alabama, um, they bought they 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 got our software and were immediately hit by um, back to back um, disasters, um, Zeta and Sally, and um, and so they had to pick it up and use it. They had very little training, if any. Like we were begging them to, you know, to please. <laughs> but you know, they were, you know, they they have such a great team there, and um, they were able to reach out for the help they needed. Um, they got all their users at, users added. But but really, what I saw was um, the state and the counties working really well together. And so you know, they had 
they had a really wonderful documentation because everybody was on board and they had good communication. And so that technology is only a part of the equation there. It really needs to be something that's um, fostered. I think the conferences are great. We're going to be heading out to the Alabama conference next month, actually 30 days, a um, little bit less than 30 days to, to go speak at that conference. But um, I really think that it's it's a kind of a there's a there's a lot of different prongs to a successful approach. I felt like um, theirs was really successful. You know, they were able to capture the information for FEMA that they needed. I, I understand FEMA was pretty happy with that documentation, and um, they've continued on since. I think that was a few years ago now, and um, they have continuously used the system to prepare, also, not just to respond. And so. Um, not sure if that answered your question, but it does. Uh, I mean, what I have on that, John. <laughs> well, it's you know talking talk about uh, Zeta, Zeta, right? Uh -huh. And Sally, hurricanes uh, that impacted Alabama. Uh huh. What it does, and uh, again, another this is like the feather to your your cap episode, I guess. But you know, you're talking about very little time to train and the ability to use again. Uh, I like the I like the example of the seventy year old cert member. Mm -hmm. There is definitely um, in response. You have a lot of volunteers and a lot of professionals who are either retired and so they become like uh, like uh, they support uh, FEMA reservists. Like mm -hmm. it's a great program for people who are wanting to get deployed and to to help out as uh, specialists. Mm -hmm. And there's often a learning curve, uh, both of EM and uh, the technologies we used, i.e. the paper addresses with handwritten addresses versus technology. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I do think as future generations come in, they'll be more and more, you know, uh, natural. Yeah. But definitely. that stop gap is, is important too. And so great use case. In terms of... Um, the reality that we need technology mm -hmm. more than just um, damage assessments, more than just um, the planning process, technology as a tool in the toolbox. What is your pitch on emergency managers who push back on like, well, we've always done it this way or, you know, paper works well for us or we blah, 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 blah. All the excuses that don't really matter. What do well, you say? Yeah. Them out. You know, and I, I have respect for their perspective. They've used something that works well enough for them. And, and so, you know, I just encourage, could, you know, a little bit of outside of the box thinking, could it be better? You know, what, what can you gain from using technology? What can you gain by, you know, not having to, having to field the phone calls or having to deal with the paperwork or having instant awareness of what's happening um, after a disaster? What can you gain from that? And honestly, people really do embrace technology quite a bit now, and they're really looking for technology to work for them. And so that's our challenge to continue to work for our customer, build beyond you know, what we have and continue to really hear what our customers need. And I think all technology companies should be doing that. I think if your, your technology company that you're working with is you know, limiting the ability for you to, you, know, you need something and, and they can't do that and they're not listening, I think that's probably, you know, that could be an issue because all technology companies are not the same. They don't all have the same philosophy. And, and so I think it's important to also really vet whoever you are thinking of, um, you know, going forward with whatever technology company that is. 
call their references, um, you know, find out, did this really work? And also I think, you know, try it, try it out, do a trial. There's a lot of different ways to see, does this actually work? Because it's easy for, um, you know, I have salespeople and, you know, we always try to put our best foot forward, but you really cannot duplicate, um, you know, talking to people in, and who've used technology and finding out you know, what's that team like, what's that technology like. And I think that goes for any, I think that's a good really for, I think because the software is so important and needs to be used during such critical times, that's, I think that's an important thing to vet your technology. And um, our technology has been vetted <laughs> quite a bit because, you know, we're out there, um, you know, Anchorage earthquake, um, Nebraska, we've got over 30 counties using us um, mm -hmm. out there for flooding. Um, I, I'm sure there's a lot of different, you know, dis issues that we have helped respond to, but um, all across the country, you know, North Carolina, we hear um, even we have been great users in Tennessee. It's, it's hard to list them all because there are 30 states are being used, yeah. but, you know, just through the years, I'm, I'm on the trainings quite a bit, actually, because I want to hear what the customers say in response to our technology. And those are the just-in-time trainings. And so really, I think, looking to see what is the leadership of the company? How much do they care? Are they just kind of trying to sell you, you know, user licenses with our technology right now? It's unlimited users because we want people to use our technology. That's not common. That's not normal. And I've, I've stuck behind that because you never know who's going to walk in the door and be able to help you. Um, and it's it's not fun to have to call your technology company and say, we need to add someone or, you know, something like that. And so all the way from the beginning to end, we try to make it as easy as possible for our customers to work with us. And I think that's something that anyone looking at technology should consider. All those things. All those things. <laughs> so maybe we should rename our episode to Not Normal with an interview with Heidi Essler. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, things are not normal with me usually. Uh, <laughs> you know, it is not really normal. You have to be a little off to be an emergency management, anyways. Um, no, so yeah, you have to be. You have to be willing to deal with the unknown, and that's something also. You know, the unknown that I think people also are struggling with even today. You know, how how do you, you know, something happens? And I've I've worked with emergency managers. It seems like the case normally for some reason. As soon as you take the job like a week or two later, a disaster hits and you've never dealt with one before. No. It seems like I hear that story all the time with our customers, but I think it's an interesting, you know, they get in there and it's either sink or swim half the time. And so you figure out who you are really fast in those situations and you figure out who your friends are. And that's been the case with me also. I mean, um, you know, we've dealt with a lot of difficult things and you know it's it's important to take responsibility for you know things that you don't do right because there's no way anyone's going to do everything right um but to also you know just be willing to step forward in faith you know there's there's a disaster it's out the side of the door you've never dealt with it i see our customers walk out the door and do it and i think it's for me it's partially i think faith and knowing you know if i take a step into the blackness i know there's going to be something there for me and so i just you know it's just that next step and um i think that's important i think kind of assessing <laughs> who you are um and what you know and and your you know willingness to to take on risk and um 
you know, willingness to lead during those times also. So I see that all across the country. I'm really proud of, you know, the, the field. I'm really impressed by the field. And I love working with all of our, you know, everybody. I, I work with so many people across the country. It's kind of interesting because a lot of times they ask me, well, what are they doing in, you know, whatever state? I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> it's great usually because they're, you know, they're very, I know, um, you know, one of our customers in Sacramento County, he he talked to several of our customers in Colorado to to, to kind of figure out the best way to um, maximize the usage of our technology. And, and they have been using our technology to do some really cool things like to help, you know, find out, you know, to help serve the homeless and know where the, the homeless encampments are and uh, where the warming and cooling centers are and just keeping that as a plan in our software. I'm really proud of those kinds yeah. of users that are willing to think outside the box and use a tool that is easy. And I like to think beautiful. I think our software is, you know, it's not like the normal, you know, we've got to type in little fields and it's complicated. So I try to keep it that way. I think it's, it's better to work with things that are streamlined and easy to work with. And, and our customers push the limits of what it can do because that's what kind of people they are usually. And so we respond and, you know, we try to keep up with their, um, with their, you know, all their ideas. So that's awesome. And I think that's a great note to end on. I think the, the idea of, so you're talking about faith, my favorite scripture, one of my favorite scriptures is uh, faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. Like a step into the dark is a lot easier when you have all the data to back you up or maybe a couple lights behind you Yeah. And, uh, to kind of start to light that way. And, you know, I, I think it's possible uh, maybe plausible is probably the better word for it to mm -hmm. eliminate black swans with data. You know, um, if you live in Florida and you're shocked by a hurricane, well, that's, that's pretty stupid, right? It's, that's obvious, yeah. but there's, there's, yeah. there's other disaster events that are less obvious, just as important. And um, there's probably data that back that up. And that's, that's, that's the pitch for technology is like making your life easier. Everybody gets exhausted, Mm -hmm. emergency managers definitely get exhausted in response mm -hmm. technology makes you a little bit less tired because it takes away things that are manual that can be automated and um again great comments great episode a little bit of faith a lot of bit of data makes uh your life much easier and uh heidi again i just um i i've i've touted this several times on this episode already but Big fans of Futurity IT, what you're doing, your story there, and what you're doing for the field. And so, again, thanks for coming on and, and sharing your story with me. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. We're big fans of Disaster Tough and everything you're doing also. So um, looking forward to working with you in the future. Great. And so uh, just letting everybody know, uh, this episode was not uh, sponsored by Futurity IT, uh, maybe in the future. But uh, this episode definitely was not. And so we're, again, we're just fans of it. We like it. And so if you want to learn more about Futurity IT, Heidi, where can they learn more about your company? Yeah, they can just go to futurityit.com um, or look for, you know, search that term online, Futurity Perfect. IT. Futurity IT. And so uh, we'll also put it in the show notes, possibly. And uh, if you have a question for Heidi or you have a comment on technology, if you have a use case in it, if you're one of the 30 states and those localities that are using it, we'd love to hear about uh, your experiences as well in the comments of Disaster Tough Podcast. That can be on any social media from Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. We'll post it. We'll also, again, we'll have it in the show notes and uh, we'll see you for next week. Mm -hmm.